couple weeks ago, we had started a new series. I'm actually going to call this series, strangely enough, Seed, Soil, and the Harvest. Seed, Soil, and the Harvest, because that's really what we're talking about. We're not talking about, though, natural seed or a natural harvest. We're talking about a supernatural seed and a supernatural harvest. And we're talking about the Word of God's impact on us and how the Word of God can change our life and transform our life. And I want to encourage you this morning. I want everybody, everybody looking at me, don't, don't write anything, just pay attention. I really want you to open your heart and mind this morning because I taught this something similar on a Wednesday night a couple weeks ago, and I realized the Lord was almost synchronizing our Wednesday night services with the Sunday morning. Wednesday night for the last couple of weeks, we've been emphasizing healing but there's been a lot of similarities. The Lord has really fixated me on this is the area I want you to cover. And it's been the importance of God's Word. And how many of you would relate to this that when someone says the Word of God or God's Word, what's one of the first things you think of? A lot of the times I think of, well, that's another name for the Bible. In other words, that is, you know, we call it the Bible, we call it the Word of God. In other words, a lot of times when we say God's Word or the Word of God, we think of things in a generic sense, like the combination of everything. But I really, really want you to begin to think the words of God. Everybody say that with, with me, the words of God. All right, say it one more time. Each and every word of God. You might remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, we talked about the power of God's Word. And Hebrews 4 tells us that God's Word is alive and powerful. What I want to get across to you real quickly is each word is living and powerful. Every word of God. Okay, every word. Not just the word when you think of the Word of God, don't immediately think of the, the wholeness of the Word. Think of every word, every word in there spoken by the mouth of God, which is what it is. It is living, it is powerful, it is alive, and it is there to do something in our life. God spoke it um, for a reason, for a purpose, to complete a mission, to complete something. Remember uh, in Isaiah, we went over Isaiah 54, that every word of God that he speaks doesn't come back to him empty. Well, if it doesn't come back to him empty, what does it do? It accomplishes what it was sent to do. So God sends his words on mission, so to speak. He sends his word with the power, his power. He releases it to do what he desires to be done. So every word of God is powerful, it's living, it is life. And when you look at it that way, it really changes your perspective of the Word of God, not just looking at it as the name of the Bible, or in a general sense. Think of each and every word. We talked to you a couple of weeks ago about how God's Word is a supernatural seed that is meant to be planted in man. Man is the soil. The spirit of man is the soil. And the seed, the Word of God, is a supernatural seed meant to be planted in man. Once the seed is planted, whatever that seed was will produce a harvest. So, for example, Psalm 107.20 says that God sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So God did, how did He heal them? 
He sent His Word, right? He sent His Word. The Word did the work. The Word produced the healing. All right? Sometimes we're thinking, oh God, heal me. Oh God, heal me. And He's like, what? I, I sent you all these words. In other words, what, what do we got to do? We got to look for the Word of God on the subject of healing. And if the Word of God is a seed, then what we want to do is look for seeds that pertain to the subject we need help in. So, for example, I need healing in my body. Well, then what I want to do is look for words in the Bible, the Word of God that talks about healing, and those words have the healing supernatural power of God. Once they're sown in my heart, they will produce what harvest? A harvest of healing. If the subject was peace in the Word of God, and I sow that, well, what's the harvest of that? Peace in my life. Whatever the need, whatever the challenge, the Word of God, listen to me, God's Word is the answer to fix any and every challenge in your life. It doesn't matter what it is and how many would agree we have some things to fix. Amen? God wants to transform your life, but it's through the Word. It's not through osmosis. It's not through, I just sat there and somehow, like sunlight, you know, how you know we get vitamin D, and you get out there and you can absorb some. Well, if you do certain things, then yes, you can absorb that. But that isn't enough. You can't just say, well, all my vitamin D is coming out when I walk out in the sun. I'm covered, you know. I mean, I don't need anything else in life. I'm, I'm covered. You can't just say, well, I come to church once a week. I'm covered. You can't. You, it doesn't work that way. We need the Word of God all the time. You need to look at the Word of God like you do natural food. How many of you eat more than one time a day. You eat multiple times a day. Every time you get hungry, what do you do? You go munch on something. I mean, maybe not a full meal, but you eat something. You don't just say, ah, today, I don't feel like eating. I don't need to. And you go a couple days, what happens then? You pass out. I mean, you have no energy. You have no ability. Yet, for some reason, we think spiritually it doesn't matter if we consume the Word of God. We'll still be God's man of faith and power without the Word. No, you won't. You'll be weak. You, you'll be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when people don't have the right nutrient? Well, malnourished is, is a good word. That's not the word I was thinking of, but that's close. You're anemic. You're weak. Why? You don't even know it. Because... You haven't been spending any time in the Word of God. If some spiritual attack came up, you'd be shocked what you don't have in the tank. In other words, how many know you have to have gas in the car to go anywhere? The car can be fully functional, but if you don't have gas in the tank, you ain't going anywhere. Well, guess what? You're not going to be able to face the challenges of life in victory if you don't have a full tank of God's Word. You have to be full all the time. You can't just let it go. Now, praise God for God's mercy, amen, and God's grace, but that isn't how we should live. How many of you know you shouldn't be trying to say, I'm going to live from one miracle to the next? What you're saying is, I'm going to live from one disaster to the next. That's not a way to live. That's no way to live. Amen? I remember a time when I was broke all the time. I was dumb and broke. I didn't, I, even if I had money, I wouldn't know how to make it grow, keep it, do anything. I would just spend it on stupid stuff. And the reason for that was my lack of knowledge. I didn't know how to do things. Well, your lack of knowledge in the Word of God is causing you to be broke in certain areas of your life. It's causing marriage problems. It's not causing the marriage problems, but it's why you can't fix them. 
It's why you can't fix certain things in your life because you don't have the right thing. You don't have the right source. The source of life is the Word of God. All right. I know I keep on pressing that, but I want you to see that. So in other words, if we sow healing seeds of the Word, what do we get? Healing. We sow peace seeds from the Word, what do we get? Peace, right? And so on and so forth. Remember, God's Word will not return to Him empty. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. The thing in our life that causes us to develop, to blossom, to thrive in life is His Word. And that's the thing a lot of Christians are missing. It's His Word. They're looking for it in everything else. But it's really in His Word. He sent His Word, which is the incorruptible seed, and He gave us the water, which is actually the Word, that causes the seed to grow. Isn't that the three elements you need? Right? You need a seed, you need water, and you need soil. Right? I mean, down to its basic you know, principles. You need seed, you need water, you need soil. Well, God's Word is the seed and the water, and you are the soil. The heart of man is the soil. But how many know the seeds in a jar, the seeds in a bag, don't do any good? Right? They won't do anything. In fact, if you just toss seeds out in the ground, most likely aren't going to do anything. In other words, they might, but they're probably not going to do anything that produces, okay? It'd be hard. Some cases it might. It might be a little soil. Sometimes people take grass seed and just kind of throw it out there and not cover it up. Well, what doesn't get eaten up and what doesn't get blown away might do something. But the reality is if we take that seed and we dig a little bit, right, and we pack it down and we water it, we can be assured that seed is going to do what it was designed to do. God's Word will do what it's designed to do if, if you get it in your heart where it should be planted and it's watered with His Word. It will do it all on its own. doesn't have to struggle just like a natural seed doesn't have to struggle. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 says this. Look on the screen here. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. How did Paul plant? He planted by preaching. He planted by speaking the anointed word of God, by teaching it. Okay. Now, Apollos comes behind him. And Apollos was teaching the same things Paul was teaching. In other words, he was watering. So in other words, he was teaching the Word of God that Paul was teaching. He was reinforcing it. So Paul is planning the Word of God by teaching, by preaching, right? Apollos comes by and waters that Word. Now what happens when a seed gets planted and it gets watered? And it's in good soil. It grows. It harvests. Look what the Bible says. And God gives the increase. What about God gives the increase? His Word. His Word. The words of God are the seed and the water, and man is the soil. In other words, His Word is what causes our life to increase, to grow, to thrive in whatever seed was sown. So in other words, whatever that seed was in the Word of God, whatever area it's covering, that's what it's going to produce. If you want to write this down, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 especially in the Amplified, it makes it clear. It says, you are God's garden under cultivation. You are God's garden. Now, what does God plant in His garden? He plants His Word. He plants His Word. Now, remember, does God expect a harvest every single time He speaks His Word? 
Does God get a harvest every time? Didn't he say his word never come back? It comes back to him empty. But it always does what it was sent out to do. It always accomplishes it. So in other words, can we count on God's word that if we do our part, that if we get it planted in us and we water it with the word, will the word, that seed, do its job in our life? Absolutely. The problem is this. (laughs) Either Christians don't know how to see the planting process through, or they plant, but they never water. And that, that puts a kink in the whole thing. That it means it doesn't work properly. Or they dig up the seed. <laughs> they dig up the seed. How do you dig up the seed? Complaining, whining, this isn't working. Beginning to, I, I just don't see anything. I just don't, nothing's happening. It's getting worse. Well, what am I, I'm digging up the seed. I, I'm, I mean, I'm going the opposite of what I should be doing, trusting that God's Word, once it's planted in me and it's watered, is doing something. How many you know when you plant a seed and you water it? I did this when I was a kid, I remember, with some watermelon seeds. And the, the first couple of them, I dug every single one of them up because I was expecting something too fast. You know, In other words, within a day or two, come on, nothing's happening. You know, and I'm, I'm in there. Well, actually, when I would get in there, even after a couple days, something was happening. That seed wasn't the same seed. As I dug it up, it, was, it didn't look the same anymore. It was blown open, and there was things happening. Well, finally, I got the idea. My dad said, you need to be a little more patient, son. Just water it occasionally and, and leave it alone until you see something come up out of the ground. And finally, I did. Now, I never waited for a watermelon. I mean... I dug that up and played around it and dug it all up. But I did start, begin to see something sprout and come up, and that proved to me it was, it, something was happening. But can I ask you a question? Even when I couldn't see the seed, was something happening? Even when I could not prove that anything was happening, was something happening? Was that seed doing its job? If you'll put the Word of God in you, like we're teaching, and you'll put the Word of God in you, and you will water it no matter what you feel, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it seems like, it's not wor- It's working. It's working. The Word of God is working. It is changing. It is transforming. It is causing the healing. It is doing something on the inside of you. But you also have to exercise patience, just like you do in the natural, believing that that Word is doing what it's supposed to do in me. That seed is working. I want you to look with me at 3 John verse 2. I want to talk about living by the word real quick. 3 John verse 2, a very familiar scripture. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. How many agree that's a good scripture? <laughs> How many like the idea of prospering in all things? What does that mean? Does all mean what? All. <laughs> you know, we don't have to look up the Greek for the word all. It means all. So in other words, everything in life. Does God want us to prosper in Every single aspect of our life, right? Our marriages, he wants to prosper. Relationships with our children, he wants to prosper. He wants you to prosper financially. He wants you to prosper in your body. He wants everything in your life to work right and move right and be blessed. He wants everything in your life to prosper, to increase, right? But I want you to notice something. It says here, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, And be in health, by the way, which is another good thing. Just as your soul prospers. Everybody say, just as your soul prospers. Now, it looks like that our 
are prospering in all things and are being in health is directly connected to our soul prospering. In other words, you're prospering in all things and you're in health just as your soul is prospering. In other words, our soul prospering is the connection that allows the life of God to cause everything else in your life to grow and prosper and be in health, the life of God. Let me show you this, what I mean. In John 17, 17, if you want to write this down, it's not on the screen, don't worry about it. God's word is truth. That's what Jesus said. He said that his word is truth. How many would agree we believe Jesus, right? Everybody say truth. So he said God's word is truth. So we could say it this way, truth is God's word. The truth is God's word. So God's word and the word truth are synonymous, aren't they? They mean the same thing, according to Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about a truth. How many know there's lots of truths, okay? But there is the truth, all right? The truth is God's word. So everybody say this with me, God's words and truth. They mean the same thing, right? According to Jesus, they mean the same thing. So I want us to go back to 3 John, and I want... Remember when we said that everything was connected to our soul prospering? Well, we need to find out, well, what was he talking about? What, what, is, what is John talking about here? So let's go back to 3 John. We're going to read verses 2 through 4. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Now, what is the truth? What is the truth? The Word of God, right? Everybody say, the Word of God. Or we could say the Word, okay? The words of God. So, the truth is the Word of God. Notice, and let's continue reading. Just as you walk in the Word, right? Just as you walk in the truth... I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth or the word. So let me read it that way to you real quickly, okay? Listen closely to what the word of God says. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the word of God that is in you. Just as you walk in the Word of God, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the Word of God. So what are we prospering in? Our soul prospers in what? The Word of God, which produces the life that gives us prosperity in all things and health. It's the Word of God that produces. Everybody get that? The Word of God is what produces. This is why the Word of God is so important. Some of you right now are already shutting down. I know that. I know my spirit. And what I mean is, you're just, you're mentally, you might be looking at me, but you're mentally not there anymore. Because, oh, that's about the word. I know about the word. See, remember earlier when I, I, you hear the word of God, word of God, word of God over and over. What's, what are you thinking? The Bible, generically. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know about that. And see, you're not realizing the vast potential and what we're talking about to transform your life. To fix every problem in your life is in what we're talking about right now. And this is exactly why it's not working in a lot of people. This is exactly why so many Christians end up in a hospital dying of cancer, hearing something like this a hundred times, and die anyway. Does the Word work? Then they're not working the Word. They're not doing what the Word says. 
And you might say, well, I'm doing fine right now. You might be doing fine right now, but doesn't mean you're going to be doing fine five years from now, three years from now. See, we need to take this seriously. God is saying life is in the Word. It's in the Word. We need to quit taking such a casual approach to it and look at it from what the Word of God says here. How many want to prosper in all things? Boy, I better see everybody's hands up. I want to prosper in all things, right? How many want to be in health? We all want that, right? There's only one way to get it. There's only one way to get it, and that is to do what the Word of God says here. We must act on it. How do we do it? How many of you would like to know, how do I get the Word of God planted in me and water it so I can have everything met in my life? How many, how many want to know? I'm going to show you simple. You, you've seen it a hundred times. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. The subject is the Word of God. It says here, my child, pay attention to what I say. Now, who's talking to us? God's talking to us, right? Pay attention to what I say. What is he saying? Don't pay attention to what someone else says. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Not someone else's words, my words. Don't lose sight of them. What does he mean? Keep them before your eyes. Keep them in your imagination. Be thinking on them. See yourself with it. Now look what it says. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. How do I get the Word of God to penetrate deep in my heart? Remember, what is my heart? My heart is the soil. The seed is the Word of God, and the Word of God is the water. So I'm the soil, so i got to get the seed and the water in me, all right? How do I do that? I do what the first two verses said to do. I listen, I pay attention to what he says in his word. I listen carefully to his words. I don't lose sight of them. I don't let my imagination run off. I think on the word. I meditate on the word. I confess the word. I listen to the word. You know what you have to become? A fanatic, in fact, the world is going to say, you're excessive, you, you, you're, you're weird, you're a problem. If you're not being picked on for that, then you're not in the Word enough. You're not in the Word enough. And I mean, I've heard people say, if you stay in the Word of God that much, you're going to go crazy. Crazy for the Lord. Crazy with good things in my life. Amen? In other words, is, can I ask you a question? Is the world talking to us? Is the world saying things? Is the devil saying things? He's saying, you're a failure. You're never going to make it. This isn't going to work. That isn't going to work. You're sick. You're broke. He's always talking. He's always talking. The world is talking all the time. Your friends are talking, even with good intentions. They're saying things that are negative, that are influencing you. You are hearing voices all the time, and God is saying, stop listening to them. And start listening to me. And only focus on what I say. Listen to what I'm saying. So let's look at it one more time. Is it still up there? Proverbs 4. One more time, real quick. 20 through 22. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Now look what it says will happen when we do this. For they. What's the they? God's word. The word. The seeds of the word. 
will bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Now let me ask you a question. What brings life and health? The Word of God. The Word of God. Not generically knowing about the Word. Not even knowing about this. It's getting into the Word of God in a particular area of your need and you doing what it says here. And if you'll do that, the Bible says that Word, that seed, will be life to you. In other words, it's going to transform you. It's going to change you. It's going to do something in you. And, it's going to, and if it's healing you need, then it's going to heal your body. So how do we get healed? Do we go to Jesus whining and complaining, why won't you heal me? Or do we go to the Word? We go to the Word. We do what this Scripture says. Now, let me bring this back again. We shall live by every word that God speaks. I want you to listen to that statement again. We shall live our life by every word that God speaks. Each and every word is filled with power to transform our lives, to heal our bodies, to do what's necessary. Remember, we did this last time, more than we did this time, but remember what we read, that God's word is health to all our flesh. This, this scripture says that God's word is healing to our whole body. There's another version, I believe it's the King James, that says God's word is medicine to all our flesh, okay, or medicine to our body. How many of you have taken medicine many times throughout your life or given it to your children or grandchildren, and you really didn't know what was in it? I mean, you could read the label, okay, and you didn't know how it would work, but the doctor said, if you'll take this three times a day over a period of so many days, then you're going to see a difference. That, that thing will happen and it will change in your body. And, and how many agree that we just took the doctor's word for it, and so we got the medicine and we, we acted on it. We did what he told us to do, not understanding how it worked, but if we followed what he said most of the time, we were fine. In other words, that thing changed. That thing that needed to go away went away, right? How many would agree? You know, sometimes people get caught up in understanding God's Word. And they think that they have to understand everything for it to do any good. But remember, listen carefully, all of you. Each and every Word of God is living and powerful. And if you will just do what the Word says and put it in you, even if you don't understand it, even if you don't get it and you keep on doing it, how many of you know I don't have to understand how an apple seed produces an apple tree for it to work? How many agree? You know, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I really don't understand it. I mean, I, I, it, to me, that is a miracle. That is, that is God at work, that God could come up with a plan like that the multiplication factor is beyond anything I can understand. That God could come up with that, but praise God, He's God and we're not. Is it our job to understand? Listen to me. Is it our job to understand? Or is it our job to believe and act? To believe and act. See, that's the problem. A lot of people say, I just don't understand. I don't know how the Word of God putting it in me will make a difference. Well, I don't know how putting seeds in the ground and watering it does it either. But the fact is, it works every single time, and I trust God's Word over the natural. And so if you will just put God's Word in there, even when it seems like it's not doing anything, even when you don't understand it, just keep on doing it, keep on doing it, keep on doing it, keep on doing it, and all of a sudden, things change. You begin to transform. 
you begin to have that peace you need in life. You begin to have that direction in life. You begin to have that prosperity. You begin to have that health. You begin to have um, any number of things, whatever it is that you're focusing on, the Word of God, work in your life. But here's the deal. We have to take it. We have to follow God's Word. I want you to say these words. You want to write them down? Respect, desire, and focus. Respect, desire, and focus. Say it with me. Respect, desire, and focus. Okay? Write those three words down. Every word that God speaks is powerful and life-filled. I know I keep on saying that. I want that to get down in you. But I want you to know some things, and this is, this is important to understand, that when God speaks, all right, He speaks beyond communication. He's not just trying to communicate. God does not talk just for the sake of talking. God does not speak idle words. Idle words means non-working words or unproductive words. They don't do anything. We do that, and we do it quite well. How many of you have mastered idle talk? So uh, how's the weather? And you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back. Over nonsense, over something stupid. Why? That's the only thing I could think to say. You know? And so, you know, we're, we're not being productive. We didn't. But see, I want you to understand this with God. I want you to listen closely. With God, every word, every single word was spoken with purpose and for a purpose. You ought to write that down. Every word of God that He speaks, every word that comes from His mouth, has a purpose, he speaks with a purpose, or how did I say that? <laughs> Let me look here. Every word of God was spoken on purpose with a purpose. On purpose with a purpose. He doesn't just blab. He doesn't just talk to talk because he's got nothing better to do. Every word of God. Let me give you an example. We can go all back to Genesis 1. We can all relate to this one. He said what? One of the first things he said was what? Light be, Right? When God said, light be, he wasn't just talking. He wasn't just expressing his thoughts. He was releasing his power through his words to do his desire. He never just talked to talk. Every word of God is living and powerful. Every word of God contains life and has a purpose to accomplish. Every single word. God's word, listen to me, can absolutely change all of our lives. All of our lives. Every, every person on the planet. Everybody's life. But I want you to listen closely. No matter how powerful God's Word is, it won't do us any good unless we receive it into our lives and act on it. No matter how powerful His Word is and all that God can do, it won't do any good in your life or in my life if we don't receive it and act on it. It's like having all the seeds you can think of sitting on a shelf. It won't do any good. You, everybody's got one of these things at home probably, and they have on a nightstand, on the coffee table maybe, or somewhere else. But the fact is, is that it won't do them any good unless that word is received and acted on in their heart. How many would agree? It's dead. It's like those seeds. They're dormant. They're, all that power is there to produce but it won't do any good. And that's the problem. A lot of times we're not seeing that we think that just because we have it there, somehow it impacts us. 
just because we came to church that that was enough. Now, you have been having the Word of God seeds planted all morning. (laughs) I've been planting the Word. I've been sowing the Word. But I'm going to show you before we're done real quick that it's all on you what's going to happen next and what may have already happened. And it would be very, very interesting. But let's go over this real quickly here. We said that the Word of God won't do us any good unless we receive it and act on it. In other words, we must have respect and high regard for the Word. Now listen closely. This is where it comes to believing and acting. When you hear the Word of God, let's say I'm preaching, okay, or you're listening to a message on on the radio or TV or CD or whatever it is, you're reading a book. When you hear the Word of God that applies to you, so in other words, you heard something and you realize that applies to me right now, right where I'm at, you must act on it. You must change your life accordingly you must do what the Word said to do. Whether you, now, This is where it really gets interesting. This is putting the Word of God first. Now let me, let me clarify that because a lot of times we hear, put the Word first, put the Word first, put the Word. But let's get it down to practicality, okay? Where we live, putting the Word first, first above what you think, above what you think, above how you feel, above your opinion. We must always ask this question continually. What does his word say? What does his word say? And that's how I'm going to live. That's the choice I'm going to make. And see, this is where it gets right in the middle of our life. Because how many of you know, sometimes you can hear the word from, let's say, a preacher, and you're like, ow, that hurt. And you want to maybe block it. I didn't really hear that. You immediately begin to think of other things, you know. You try to figure some way to snow God. You try to, you try to, to think of ways, or, or, or you begin to uh, mirror it to someone. Oh, I know someone who needs to hear that, you know. I know someone who needs to change. Instead of looking yourself squarely and saying, I need to change. I need to do that. I need to fix that. I need to, I need to apply the word into my life. And guess what? How many would agree? Sometimes it hurts. It stings. You know, when the Word of God tells you to forgive and walk in love, and you've been done wrong by someone, especially maybe a brother or sister, or maybe a good, good Christian friend. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they stab you in the back. How many of you know it's easier said than done to forgive them? But the Word will give you what you need to do it. Recently, uh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, not the first time. Oh my gosh, not the first time. But when you make a decision to go all out for the Lord, you are going to have many opportunities to walk in this kind of stuff. Recently, I had an issue with a relative, and I'm in the right. I, I'm not saying I'm in the right because I'm, I'm just saying that. I'm literally in the right, okay? If I were to share the whole story, you would agree that absolutely you're in the right. But it wasn't about me being right. It was about the relationship. And so I lost thousands of dollars over this situation. And I'm not saying hundreds. I'm saying thousands over this situation to keep peace, to make it right. And now, how could I do that? I could do that because of the love of God in me is greater than my selfish desires. In other words, I'm, I want to say, well, that, I, want to, I want to apply the law. I want to say, but I'm right. 
Anybody ever been there? But I'm right. This is, you're wrong. If we went to a court of law, they would agree. But the issue is not that. The issue is, listen to me, when you're slapped here, turn around and let them take the other. How many of you know Jesus, when he went to the cross, didn't say, I'm right? Did he? He was smacked, he was beaten, he was spit upon. He did nothing wrong. He was the perfect Son of God. Sinless Son of God. Yet he took that beating for us. Sometimes you're going to have to take a beating for Jesus. Sometimes you're going to have to lay down your flesh and it's going to hurt and you're going to lose. And it looks like you're losing. But guess who's watching the whole time? My daddy. He'll make things right. It'll all get sorted out in the end. But the reality is sometimes to win I have to lose. (laughs) Do you understand that? That'll help you in marriage, by the way. Anybody married a long time say amen to that? Sometimes you have to to win, you have to lose. (laughs) Anyway, all right. So three things I want to share with you real quick. Respect is our focus. You must respect the word. And what I mean by that is I don't mean just in word only. I mean every word. You respect, you honor that word. That word is the ultimate authority in your life. You respect that word. You do what that word says. Secondly, you must desire His Word. You must desire His Word. You need to be hungry for the life of God. Some of you have gotten to the point, you're not hungry anymore like you once, you, you once were. You desired it. You wanted it. You need to get back there. You need to repent and just say, Lord, help me. Remember, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In other words, His Word is everything. His Word is that fresh manna that we need all the time to sustain ourselves. We need to get in there and say, Lord, help me have that same desire. Stir me. Help. I mean, I'm stirring myself up. Lord, help me. And He will come alongside and help you. When you read the Word, read it. it is God. How many believe that it is God speaking to you? You need to remind yourself of that every time you sit down to read. This is God Almighty speaking to me if i were the only one he'd be speaking to me it is his words just like as if he were just talking like this it's his words it's what god would say how many would agree that you can listen to some big shot in the world that's maybe a multi-billionaire and say wow i want to listen to what he has how many would agree god's bigger than that i mean he is the most successful being in the universe (laughs) And he wants to talk to you every day. All you've got to do is listen. How many want to know his voice? Then know his words. What would he say? Amen? That's how you know him. And number three, you must focus on his every word. You must focus on his every word. You need to remove distractions. How many know we live in the age of distraction? How many would agree? When I was a kid, the only possible thing that could distract me possibly was maybe the TV, but all the half the channels were all <laughs> anyway, and and because we didn't have cable or anything like that back then, and the, maybe a radio. That was about it. Now we live in the age of distraction. You can have a hundred things going on. People think I'm going to multitask and still read the word. Yeah, oh, ain't no such thing. You can't do that. How many know if you're really going to get in the word and you're serious about it, like we're talking about? You need to turn off the phone. Oh my gosh. I know, I just, I might as well have said disconnect your heart, right? Turn off my phone! I could die. 
I mean, there, seriously, there are people that literally, they got their phone. If you're one of these people that got your phone and you have to check it every single time that thing beeps, you need to seek help. You need to call me, okay? Now, I don't have all that because I'm not on Facebook and a zillion other things, so I don't have all these little things. I get annoyed when, and I, I, I hate to say it, even when they give a storm warning or they give you a, 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 one of those alerts, you know, yeah, Ember, Ember Alert. And I, don't get me wrong, I want them to find a person, but I'm like three in the morning. You know, that's, that's not cohesive to a good night's sleep, you know. Well, the fact is, you need to shut your phone off. You need to turn the radio off. You need to turn the TV off. You need to get in a situation where you're not distracted. There is the generation, even my kids' generation, they, they, are, they, they have to have noise. They just have to have something playing. There's always got to be something. They've never learned to just be quiet and focus. You realize that's a lost art to really concentrate. Try to write sermons without doing that. I mean, I have to shut everything off. And I, I, did, I do my best, shut the door, not have anything distract me, and, focus, and, and I'll be in there and all of a sudden one little word will remind me of something. Oh, yeah, I need to do that. I'm reading in the Bible. And this word is making me think, oh, yeah, I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> and then you're off on this thought thing going all, all over the place, and you realize 20 minutes have gone, and, you know, focus again, focus, you know. And it's harder than it seems. And in our digital age of distraction, it's really hard. I mean, it really can be hard, but it's necessary. Everybody say it again. Say, respect desire, focus, all right? Now, real quickly, man, I'm looking at that clock. Everybody, stop the clock. Real quickly, I want to do this because I want to end with this and this thought, okay? Go with me to Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. We'll read it real quick. Listen, behold, this is Jesus speaking, and he's telling a parable or a story. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and it yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produce some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now, I want to skip real fast to Mark 4.13. He told this parable a few verses later. He says this in Mark 4.13. He said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Now, if Jesus said, If you don't get this one, you're not going to get any of the others, would that seem important? In other words, Jesus is saying, Hello! really focus on this one because you're not going to get any of the others. This is the key to a successful life right here. This is the key to everything Jesus said in all these different stories he would tell right here. And so let's look at it because he gives us an explanation. Later on, the disciples you know, were asking questions and he said, let me share with you what I'm really talking about. So let's look at that. He explains it in Mark chapter 4, beginning with verses 14 through 20. Now he says what he meant. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. Who is the sower here? 
Jesus is the one telling the story, right? He's sowing the word. He's talking. I want you guys to get this picture real quickly. Is he, he's talking to a crowd of people. If it, just to help you, well, I don't want to do it, but if you were to read the, the, the first verse of Mark 4 when we started this whole thing, he actually was on the coast, and a bunch of people showed up, okay? He's wrapped around, so he's got a huge crowd in front of him. Now, what is Jesus doing while he's talking? He's speaking, right? Everybody got me? He's speaking words like I'm speaking words right now. Right? So, now, who is Jesus? He's God, right? He's speaking words, okay? He said His words are spirit and they are life. So He's speaking and He's telling the story. Now, let's go with that. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. So the words are the seeds that are being sown. And the wayside meant what? The wayside means this. He took the seeds and he just kind of threw them out. And they just land on the ground. All right? And it says here, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Kind of like birds would fly down and immediately get those uh, seeds that were dropped. They're just on the surface. Well, Satan immediately comes. And uh, did you guys ever leave a service and immediately get in a fight with a relative? Maybe you haven't even left the building and it's already heated. That is, listen to me, that is Satan immediately coming in to steal the word. What does he want? He wants you to forget all about it, get all heated and upset and mad. And the fact is, he'll just say, my job's done, basically. I did what I needed to do. Now, let's keep on reading. Verse 16, he said, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They're excited about it, they heard it, and they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. Afterward, when hard times, everybody say hard times. That's tribulation. Hard times, difficult times, or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So in other words, as soon as it got hard, they quit. So they started tithing. As soon as it got hard, they quit. You know, they got a hold of the word, they heard it, but they quit. All right? Verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. How many know there's lots of cares? the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering and choke the word. In other words, they just moved it right out of their life, and um, it becomes unfruitful. Verse 20, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Everybody say good ground. Isn't that the ground we want to be? Good ground, right? Those who hear the word, now look what it says, those who hear the word, accept it. Haven't I said the word received several times? received it into their lives. They did something with it. They acted on it, and they bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. In other words, some 30 times, some 60 times, some 100 times. So in other words, the good ground produced, but all the rest of them didn't. Now, there's four things I want to point out really fast. Number one, we've gone over this over and over and over. What's the seed? The seed is the Word of God, and the heart of man is the soil, right? And Satan is after what? What what does Satan want to grab that he doesn't want growing? He wants the word. He wants the seed. He does not want that word producing in your life. So he's after the seed. And guess what? Did Jesus say the same thing to everybody in the crowd? 
So the same seed, the same word of God was sown to the whole crowd, right? Every, they wasn't a recording and then maybe clipped and edited. They all heard the same thing. How many of you agree today that standing up here, I've said the same things to all of you, right? How many agree that if I were to ask you what I said, you would give me different things, right? But the fact is, did you hear, did I say the same thing? I sowed the same seed to everybody, everybody here, right? Same seed. Now, I want you to notice something that's really interesting. How many different grounds were there? Anybody remember? Four, right? There's bad, 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 (laughs) and good, right? Now, I want you to think about this just for a moment. This is interesting. Are we reading the Word of God? Is this the truth? Right. Jesus spoke to a crowd, and only three out of four, three out of four didn't get what he said. Three out of four did not produce. This is Jesus we're talking about. Who's the most successful person ever? Jesus. And here he is preaching, he's talking, and he told us that three out of four didn't get the seed that was sown. Only one out of four hearers actually was good ground, actually produced. I want you guys to think about that. Because I'll bet you most of you never really thought about it that way, even if you've heard this before. One out of every four produced. So if we were to count all of you according to Jesus' statistics, okay, what he said here, only one out of every four, so 25% of you could potentially be good ground. The rest of you aren't going to produce a thing. (laughs) That's mind-blowing. And this is Jesus we're talking about. You say, well, it was probably the speaker. He probably wasn't a very good minister. This is Jesus we're talking about. I mean, he's God Almighty. Now listen, listen to this. 75% of those who heard the words of Jesus got nothing from it. Didn't produce in their lives. Now, I want to ask a question. Would somebody say, is that because it was the will of God? No. What's the problem here? It's this simple. It was because of their wrong response to his word. All of them heard the same words of Jesus. Now, I want, I want everybody to write this down, even if you didn't take notes, okay? You need to find some pieces of paper and write this down. I'm going to give you something simple that I promise, if you'll take with you, write it, write it in your checkbook. Write it in something, okay? I'll say it a couple times. Because this is your entire life, I'm telling you, right here. I'm going to sum it up. All right? It's going to be mind-blowing. All right, you ready? Our response to God's words, our response to God's words determines the way our life turns out. Our response to God's words determines the way our life turns out. Our response to God's words determines the way our life turns out. It's a few words, but I'm telling you, in those words, it's all on you. It is not, God's word has enough power. Listen, guys, there's enough power in one scripture to heal every person in the world at the same time. It's not a matter of what God can do. It's what you receive and act on. 
It's your response to His Word that's going to make a difference. So I encourage you, let the faith seeds of God's Word in your heart. Let it grow, develop by continuing to hear it, confess it, think on it, picture it working, and you'll see results. Listen to me carefully. We can get so full of His words that there is no more room in our life for fear, doubt, unbelief. There's no more room for sickness, disease, poverty. The power of God's Word can literally push out all the ugly out of our life. How many get some ugly in your life? How many agree? I'm not talking about you personally looking at you. I'm talking about ugly in your life. There's ugly things. There's things that are, I don't want that anymore. I don't need that anymore. The Word of God can push the ugly right out of your life. Right out of your life. Because you're so full, there's no room left. But see, we got to ask ourselves, what are we full of? (laughs) Are we filled with what the world's saying and all the things going on? Or are we filled with His Word, with the life-giving power of God? So let me repeat it one more time. I really want you to get this. Your response to God's Word determines the way your life turns out. It's all on you. So my question is this. What type of soil are you? The seed is the Word and the water. You're the soil. What type of soil are you? Are you going to be good ground? Is the seed of God's Word going to produce a hundred times in your life? Sixty times? Thirty times? Or nothing at all? Nothing at all. And somebody might say, well, I just don't understand. Listen to me. If you just listen to this message two or three times, you'll get it. It's, it's all up to you. Say, it's all up to me. Say it one more time. It's all up to me. Your life can be so transformed. If you, if you looked at your life and said, I don't like this, and I don't like this, and I don't like this, and I need that to vastly improve, it all can happen. But it's all up to you. It's all up to you. What are you planning and how are you doing it? And watering that seed and allowing it to grow in your life. And let the Word of God do the work. That's the beauty of it. You know that when, when you plant seeds, you, the, the seed doesn't... <laughs> the seed just does what the seed does. Let the Word of God do what the Word of God does. Quit trying to. Your problem for most of you is you try to make things happen. You try to force things happening. It doesn't work. Have you ever noticed you can't change anybody else? You can't do it. You've got difficulty with yourself. <laughs> Let alone trying to help or fix someone else. But you let the Word of God in you, the Word of God will fix you. Amen? It'll transform you. It'll change you. It'll heal those things that need to be healed. All on its own. But you've got to be a doer.